Welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I am wearing black as a conscientious objector. <laughs> and today we're looking at a movie that is many things, mm. most of which apparently Katie does not like. We are looking <laughs> at Eyes Wide Shut. But first, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? What does everybody have? I'm having uh, Colonel E.H. Taylor straight rye. As you can see, it's getting towards the bottom. Oh. Um, and this was a gift from uh, Dave and Jackie for my 40th birthday. So it's a year and a half old. Yeah. So we have any, is, well, there's almost half, none left, no, correct? Uh, well, Jim, when the, there's, uh, this... Jim went out and bought his uh, a first bottle, right? The first bottle of the post 40th birthday. No, I haven't bought anything good. Most of the, uh, the only, bo I bought, and I bought, you bought, bought Jim Bleem. I bought two bottles, but that's like to mix drinks for you. And like, oh. I don't, that's not, that's really not for his just mm -hmm. drinking of yeah. things. Yep. All right, so That's that for makes Katie's sense. Uh, Katie is drinking One Hope Vintner Collection, the Pinot Noir. Ooh. Quite lovely. It is a very nice red for all, red for all people. Excellent. I'm drinking uh, an Iron Mike from Moat Mountain Brewery. Iron Delicious. Mike. Is that Mike Tyson? Mike? No, it's, Iron uh, Mike was Mike Tyson, right? Mm. Well, it was. I don't. That's not why they named it that. I no. think maybe he trained there at Moat Mountain. You know. mm, no, he trained in upstate New York. Mahalo he trained in the Catskills. Yeah, Did he really? Yeah. Deer Lake. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. There you There's go. There's a movie about it, I think. Is there really? Yeah. I would like to watch that. Oh, it's we can watch that then. Uh, fact check from last week. Uh, as you know, Jim and I watch a movie each week, and Katie watches it as well. And the movie that Katie watches is usually slightly different. Uh, we, of course, had Die Hard with john mccain and last week we had the last starfighter <laughs> with alex morgan and billy d williams i mean yeah. you, she looks you great. just keep getting better at this yeah your, that's your photoshop really skills impressive. Are, are impressive right? really impressive. i don't know how to photoshop so i just <laughs> cut the picture out and you, do it like a ransom swear. note yes uh, you follow us on social media your scissor I, skills are impressive. Yes. Uh, this this was actually a fairly if you if you saw it on social media, not bad. That's really it, good. It's, it's not like, too bad. I am very and, impressed. She's so and excited legit. to be Captain Marvel. She loves being Captain Marvel. <laughs> uh, actually, excuse me, the last star fighter. Um, very different, but Katie sees a movie version mm -hmm. and uh, someone else. Also, if you listen to last week's episode at the end, for some unknown reason, Katie started talking about the <laughs> autumn equinox, of which I had no idea doozy. what it is. It was a doozy. So the autumn equinox is the moment when the sun appears to cross the celestial equator heading southward due to the difference between the calendar year and the tropical year the september equinox can occur at any time from september 21st to september 24th what that had to do with the last starfighter <laughs> or our discussion of last week i still was, don't know and i listen back to the episode and i shift. still don't there was a shift happening in the universe listen you have to be attuned to the way that the the works of nature mm -hmm. impact us as humans, we're just like little we're just like little ants, just like caught up in all of the juju. Yeah, you know, okay. gotta pay attention I'm to it. Still not sure what that means <laughs> or how that tied in to the last Starfighter or anything we were talking about. But at least people now know the autumn equinox. Thank you for and that, that information, Brian. 
That is fact check. Um, now it is time for our rundown. So we're going to do just one. Dee, 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 dee. Oh there my it God. is. There it is. That's all I needed. But no. then you changed my text over there. It is perfect. I did. Perfect. I got it. Well, this was typed out. <laughs> yeah. This is like oh, yeah. really prepared. Oh, okay, yeah. here we go. Here we go. Sorry, Peg Curran. There is a little bit of cursing in this edition. If you would like the Wait, now you're going to apologize if for you'd your like mouth. The beeped edition. Um, just turn. Just turn the volume down. There it is. For, for <laughs> turn it down for one. Mo oh, I didn't know we had that button. We should have used great. that a long time ago. That is yeah. great. I have 99 problems and a dick ain't one because you won't find one in this movie. Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut was clearly made with his one-eyed willy wide awake, as you will see. Kubrick wants to present the story of a powerful doctor, Bill Hartford, a happy-go-lucky guy. That is, until his gorgeous wife, Alice, admits to a previous fantasy after getting really high. Down Alice's rabbit hole, the doctor he does go, his visions of Alice's imaginary transgression fueling his sexual woe. In one eventful night, Dr. Bill goes from doting, loyal guy to a sex-obsessed deviant spinning a trail of lies. Here's the catch. In telling us this cautionary tale of a man's inability to fathom his wife's desire, Kubrick reveals that, hashtag he too, thinks that women should just smile quietly and pretty and not reach any higher. Let me summarize the visuals of Kubrick's movie for you in the form of a Christmas jingle. Naked back, butt and legs, boo boo boo, belly, butt butt butt, boo boo boob, undies, 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 g-string, g-string, nipple, see-through shirt, belly, boo boob, nipple, 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 nipple. I missed a line. Wait, hold on. <clears throat> Why are all the women naked in this box <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, I didn't plan this out well, Jim. No. no. Okay. I thought this was for later. Why yes. are all the women naked? In this box, there's one dick. When you unwrap this Christmas present, it's Stanley Kubrick. That's all I got. <laughs> Okay. There's a lot of there was a that there's as much going on in that song as there is in the film. We could just we could just discuss the song. Yep. We don't even have to talk about yep. the movie. Mm -hmm. We could just talk wow. about it. Let's talk about the song. I personally like the Christmas song where you added an extra syllable and turned it from I couldn't make it fit. turned it from love is all around us to Christmas, Christmas is all, is all around, around all around us. Yeah. Solid gold shit, uh, Maestro. First, first question: uh, Is this a Christmas film? Mm. Discuss. Well, well, there is at Christmas the end, shopping. We come home and embrace the family values, right? There is Christmas shopping, except that there we is. end the movie on the F word. So I feel like that might be anti-Christmas. Yes, it was also a joke. <laughs> also, well, for I don't know, it is a and and for quite holiday themed. I mean, Christmas in New York is. I feel like uh, they did nothing to play that up outside of the tree in their apartment. Yes, they, do, they weren't. They weren't. So, and they do end up in uh, that's FAO shorts at the end. Like that's but, a yeah, you know what I mean. Like if oh, you're yeah. on the streets of New York sure. in Christmas, yeah, it oh, looks yeah. like well, yeah, no, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, he didn't. Also, have, that was London. <laughs> yes, which he purposely filmed not to feel for, anything for money like wise, new york right? no 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 he just he doesn't he didn't leave london yeah. he had no desire 
um, to make it really feel like New York. That was part of the whole aesthetic. It was supposed to make you feel like there was something wrong the whole time Hmm. because it didn't it wasn't really New York. Like, for example, when that Tom Cruise is like walking and the face on shots are there, that's all rear projection that he's standing on a treadmill and they're CGIing New York scene, which is why it looks so weird. Like when you look at it, when he's walking around, when he's like kind of just angrily, brutally, like brooding and walking through neighborhoods. It's almost always the same two blocks. And it makes no sense. He keeps making a turn and he's making only left or right turns. So he's going in a circle and you see all the buildings are the same buildings. So it's supposed to put you off to be like, is this real? Oh, is this, I thought is, that is was this, because Stanley Kubrick wouldn't, wouldn't get on a plane, and so they had to no, go. No, no, no. He, well, he no. did, like, he, fictional set. From what I no. read, he did send people to New York to, like... Oh, yeah, he did. Like, he shot some of stuff and... Oh, yeah, he wanted it. He wanted everything to feel like New York. Their apartment was his old New York apartment, mm. including the furniture was his furniture from the apartment. He didn't want it to be. And it's also, if you notice, sometimes when the cabs... um he's driving in a cab and then the cab will change sides of the road in the middle of a scene. And that's not on like accident because he was too like, he's there's a whole interpretation of this movie where none of this is real. It's the actually very similar to um, the idea behind inception, which is like dream within a dream. Like there's multiple layers of the dream. There's the whole thing is, um, and it's why Nicole Kidman is portrayed the way she is. If you like see some of her acting, it's like when she's drunk and stuff, it seems like it's so kind of over the top or the way they react when she's high, like she's so high and it's like almost comical and it's not supposed to be a real interpretation. It's like a heightened dream sense, like, oh, she's laughing at me. She's doing this. And then there's the other part of the dream layer the dream where the lighting changes and everything and it's the kind of creepy orgy and when he goes to Ziegler's house and all that stuff yeah, yeah so um, part of there. that effect of creating a dream within a dream is that you have to have a show at the end and there's none and so I just feel like you know with him what do you mean being, a show you oh so you need to like know it's a dream inception right like you, you, so the end is the reveal right where you, like you, well, where you yeah, see but that you, no but you don't know if it's a dream. You never know if that's the whole thing about Inception. You don't know if it's a dream or not. You I just think that that's, I just think that's people who love Kubrick wanting to give more homage to this movie and his abilities than well, no, reality. because it was based on a story where it was a dream. Okay, that's fine. But the uh, in the story, then I would imagine that that is part of the story that there's a dream happening that like if, if we can say that objectively, like that's fact, then to well, me, that means that in that story, it's clearly a dream. That's not clear in this movie. And so when no, we see I, certain saying. scenes, you, you're not looking at those scenes from Bill's perspective. You're looking at those scenes from audience perspective. And so then in saying, well, that's why Nicole Kidman's portrayed the way that she is. To me, that's just one person's conjecture. There's nothing in the film itself that would prove that that's supposed to be a dream sequence. Well, I think the same thing with Inception. 
you don't know at what point you have scenes in Inception where you don't see Leonardo DiCaprio, but he's projecting other characters if you believe it's a dream. But you know within the story of Inception that that's part of what's going on. The Maybe. only person it, you see sleeping in Eyes Wide Shut is Nicole Kidman. Yeah, this is part this is part of the thing I was talking about, Katie, is like for me, I, I'm not a huge fan of this movie. Um but not be not well, I think for me, it's just there. I feel like people like to read into Stanley Kubrick movies a lot since 2001 because um, it seems like prior movies don't get the attention as much. Like, obviously, Spartacus, he doesn't. It's not his. Yeah, like, whatever. But this one, like, it's funny to bring up like Christopher Nolan, because I think Nolan engages people in a way that you want to dig in and find all these things. And I. I, I am typically really into that kind of analysis, but for this movie, I'm just not interested. And I think it's because of the, of, I, I think by this time in like 99 or, you know, that the late nineties, he was passed by his contemporaries. I don't think for me personally, this is not an interesting movie. Like at all. Like I, I like, uh, probably not much i think the move the music was cool in certain parts um but for me it was a miss like on almost every everything that i like about movies the the things that i would like be excited about i did not enjoy well it's not structured like a regular film yeah it's what well, it absolutely is it's a story it, it it's structured you, not it's it's two it's two movies there's so many movies that are two movies like no but i mean in terms of i know i'm saying that there is no to katie's point actually i kind of agree the end of the movie is not necessarily an end like you would you would think that it would be set up in a way where there was more of a sense of like it's building up to something it's almost like they build up to the creepy part of the movie, which is I'm assuming supposed to be the orgy sequence, which is creepy. And then it's like dealing with that after part, but Mm -hmm. there's not, I don't know. It it doesn't seem, it doesn't like build to a crescendo at the end. I guess he walks in and sees the mask next to her on the bed. And that's supposed to be like disturbing and stuff, but that's not, I don't know. It's not like an action end. I think it was marketed very oddly when it I, came out in yeah, but I don't think the sh- But to go to your point, like, I don't think there's anything really interesting about the structure that no, makes this not... I would say, not... like, Memento has a non-traditional yeah, structure. This isn't like but, that's a, but that's a whole different But, that's, but, but right, this follows, <laughs> it follows a course of 48 hours, right? Like, this is 48 hours in a couple's life. That's... Right? I guess it's like, 48 hours, yeah. What's I don't eight, know. What's I, well, that's the other it. thing. Well, I they I I find the time in this movie to be a little weird. The I use mean, the of time. Whole first hour and a half is one night, right? They yeah, go to, that, they go to yes. the party. They come home from the party, he and then the next morning the, he takes the yeah. He gets called to the yeah, yeah, the yeah. man's dying, right? Right. Well, then he goes home. Yeah. After the man's dying, right? He doesn't go out on the uh to the orgy or anything until a, a couple of nights later. I don't know if that's a couple nights. It, 
it is it is because he's he goes and then they start doing stuff and they have all those cutting scenes back and forth where they're showing what her life is like what his life is like Um, he's at the office and yes he's at the office then he goes and then then she tells him about what happens and he goes to sleep and then the next day yeah that all stuff it's but that's what i mean like the time but at the purpose of it is weird i mean that is interesting because she she clearly she says what what happens in one night well it's all right? it's all within a couple of weeks because you see the yes. christmas tree in the first yeah scene, it's 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 not it's more not than christmas. it's not more than a week i i can't but that's what i mean that's why i find the time in this movie to be odd in terms of one night like all this stuff's supposed to be happening in one night and this idea that he's going from new york city right out to what where that house is which is clearly Long Island, you know, and he's like, well, okay, I'm going to leave now. And then he's out there and then all that stuff's happening. And then he comes back and he's home. It just seems like a bizarre use of time. And I actually don't think you need to read this as a dream. I think that's maybe overly simplistic. Um, I, I think that that's it. a cop out. Honestly, I, I think to say so, uh, to me, a lot of the things would make more sense if it was from his perspective, because not to say that this needs to be realistic, but it it's supposed to be realistic fiction. There's nothing in this that's supernatural. There's nothing in this that's otherworldly, right? Outside of her dream telling, right? Like this is supposed to be actual events that are happening in lives in current day. So the fact that like everywhere he goes, women are offering themselves to him. But that's why I don't, but that's why I don't buy this as a completely realistic thing. But and that, I but also that to think- me, that's to me explaining just giving an out to Stanley Kubrick. That that to me is a Stanley Kubrick friend saying, well, here's how it would have to be for well, this to make sense. I don't I I don't think somebody takes this long to make a movie and then is just like everybody's going to love Tom Cruise. Like Tom Cruise's character is not likable in this. See, I disagree in terms of the way that he's portrayed. You know, like Real, if what you, do you think he's likable so about? So, in if you look at the first ten minutes of this movie, the the wife immediately is portrayed as a physical object. You know, we we see her undressing in a scene that has nothing to do with getting ready for this party. It's just a random scene of her undressing. You don't get the idea that it's his perspective of him watching his wife. It's just us the viewer mm-hmm. seeing nicole kidman naked again not preparing for the party we see him fully clothed and her squatting on a toilet which immediately subjugates her <laughs> like literally she is peeing into a toilet so we have seen her naked we have seen her peeing and he is in full tux and so he is presented to us as like the epitome of pulled together classic man He's the doctor. This is his wife. Like he's ruling the show. Their relationship with each other seems very comfortable. He does not um, like listen to her. Well, no, but he does. He doesn't um, like do any sort of like a power play with her, right? Like, well, he she's he, asking he, him he how she subjugate. looks. And he doesn't even look at her. Yeah, and he's answering her. That's true. This, and then no, she says, and then she says the name of the and he says the completely name ignores the, her. Yeah, yeah. So rewatching it, we just yeah. we watched the beginning. Like he's ignoring her the whole. Beginning he he of the is. Okay. There is there, uh, there so is I, nothing about him that is likable, and there's nothing about any male character in this movie that's likable. All of them 
are using women, exploiting women, taking advantage of women. Every man in yeah. this movie who has As any is kind the of director of the movie. And that and that's where the message of this movie falls short, because if you try to sell a message that you yourself do, do not believe, there will always be conflict in the telling of the tale. Well, and why do you me, think he doesn't believe it? Because th that he, he does not believe that women are equal because of the way that every single woman is portrayed in this film, because of the amount of naked female bodies that I needed to look at in this movie in the telling of this story, in the way that he portrayed men physically in this film. The, to me, the director's choice completely sells the story that women are not ever going to be equal to men, that their purpose is to be looked at, their purpose is to be objectified, and that they should close their mouths, open their legs, and that's their role in society. That seems to me the role, the, the perspective of Stanley Kubrick. I couldn't disagree anymore with that. Tell me the fem tell me how I, you see I don't this think from that, a feminist I, view. I, I don't think I think every character that is doing that and exploiting people is horrific. I think Tom Cruise's character is not good. The whole reason Tom Cruise was picked was to mock the characters he plays in movies, which is this guy like, oh, two women want to hang on him. He's like, oh, look at me. I'm a doctor. What doctor walks around flashing a card saying, I'm Bill Horford. I'm a doctor. That's not realistic. Every like the rich people in this film, the way they're exploited, like Sidney Pollack, the way he discusses women, there's nothing redeeming about that but character there's at all. A you're, you're talking about about the male characters and how they're portrayed. I'm talking about the director's choices in how he will portray on screen these characters. Those are two different things. Those are two different things. So when you walk into the bathroom with Ziggler and the naked woman, right? She's sprawled on a chair with her, her legs wide open. He's already halfway clothed. And through that entire scene of Tom Cruise checking her, and I have to say, like, I, t through that scene, Tom Cruise, to me, is shown in a very positive light. He's very professional. He handles himself like there is a partially there's a, a, a semi-conscious naked hooker in this bathroom. And he holds himself with like the utmost decorum, you know, like he is a doctor at all times. The way they have her splayed in that chair to me is not a is not at Ziggler. That's that's director's choice. That's how you want to portray that character for your audience. And so to me, all of those are tells in terms of who he was as a person, not about this story that he wanted to tell. I, I don't know what he thought he was telling, but to watch this film as a woman is to feel like the story of women throughout time is just being continued. And there, there's no moment in this where you feel like, oh, thank goodness. Yes, somebody is making a social commentary on the role of women in society. No, you just feel like, and here's another old white asshole who doesn't get it. Well, every woman who worked on it was... Loved it. Really? I, that's all I can say. Nicole Kidman said it was the greatest experience she ever had making a movie. Yeah, but we know that that's not true for Kubrick in the course of his lifetime. So like that. Oh, yeah. And that's bullshit, too, because he died right. No one's going to no one's going to come out after he died and say, like, 
literally the the moments before he died were the worst periods of my life because yeah. I was working on a film. Soon movie. after that movie, but like their, to their be fair, we know up, what he does so. to actors and and oh, yeah. and they all they, like not all of them, but the majority of people have had problems with him. It on seems set. like oh, Tom Cruise got an ulcer. The two of right. them, and, sh- and what's her name? The stories went, about had, like, the way a nervous he treated breakdown. them. Like I, I'm sorry, I don't get that. I don't. I think that a lot of times people bow down to power and and convince themselves that experiences I, are enjoyable. I think I he, don't trust that. I think he has good movies. Like I do like The Shining as as a movie, and I do like. When I saw it, I liked Full Metal Jacket, and I do like um, A Clockwork Orange, and I think 2001 is is very influential. But like this, I feel like he was not. I think he was beyond, you know, his. I think he was a dinosaur, and it was. This is the end of like there was nothing left for him to say. Like honestly, like this movie feels so out of touch even even i even remember seeing it or or seeing pieces of it back then and just being like this is just it just doesn't resonate i don't know and and i know that people say otherwise but i i still do not find this very interesting it feels like how you would feel if a group of white men tried to tell the story of racism in america Like I, well, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't think that there was a female viewpoint present in this film. I, I, and I don't trust women who worked on this film who said that it was an enjoyable experience and that they, they find the movie to be pleasurable. It's not, it's not a pleasurable movie to watch. It, oh, it's not. It's not an. It's well, not. I don't an think enjoyable. it's intended to be. Uh, I like, would argue. Enjoyable. I would argue that women watching that film end up in a much different place than men do, and I. And I would say that then you alienate half of your viewing audience because I, I would strongly argue that no woman watches that movie and, and at the end says, like, that was a really good film. I'm glad that that story was told that way. I don't no. I don't think I don't that know. that's happening. Hmm. I, all right. I found a lot of like looking for criticisms online. I found a lot of male like ma- male criticism saying this is a great movie hard pressed to find I, women you, but do you like there's nothing erotic about this movie you don't think that men got off watching this movie uh, maybe some did. we know that we know at least one guy in college did absolutely think yeah. that they did there, then but that's disturbing that like there's yeah. nothing but i'm saying that that the way that that stuff is shot is not erotic for a normal person i would argue which which sequence like literally which sequence for a normal well-adjusted person if you watch Brian, it there and are feel so like that many gratuitous nude shots in this film that are completely unnecessary that to me like they could only be for your male audience well, like besides besides the 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 whether this presents females in a, in a poor light, which you can disagree about that as much as you want. There is probably 45 minutes of this movie that are absolutely worthless and can be cut out. Every, there are whole conversations shows up naked at some point, the beginning conversation of him before he gets into the rainbow. Like when he goes to the rainbow guy to get, uh, get his costume and knocks on the door. It's like a long conversation 
that has no bearing on anything in the movie. It's literally like, oh, the guy you're here to see, he died. I'm now the owner and everything. And we're going to talk about it for an extra long time. And now we're into the store. And I don't know why that conversation ever had to like take place. It just like, there's so much in this movie that I was like, what are they? Why is this even important? And it, again, if you, if he put anything in it that made me care about it, I might be interested in looking into all the different angles of why he might've included certain things like, like I would with a Christopher Nolan movie, but I, I just don't with him in this specific movie. And I, and I do think like, if there was something that made you as a viewer think like, Oh, you're looking at all of this from Dr. Bill's perspective, then maybe it would feel different. But honestly, I don't, I don't think that there's anything in there that specifically says like, this is how he's seeing it besides the dream sequence with Nicole Kidman and the Yeah, that's officer. very clear like, that that's clearly his own that's thoughts. in yeah. his mind, right? And so the fact that she's naked in that and the naval officer is clothed until the final scene totally makes sense. That's his dream. He's only going to see his wife naked. He doesn't want to see the naval officer naked. That makes sense. There's nothing else in the story that suggests that what we're seeing is his perspective. So then when every woman throws themselves at him, that doesn't feel like that's in Dr. Bill's head. That feels like that's the story that we're being told. And so I here we are. I don't think it's realistic. I, how, that's what how, I mean. Where, I don't, where do you I get don't, that, though? I don't buy Why? How where is do you that get me? it? Because everything is ridiculous. Every like nobody's going to sit there and say, I'm going to make this movie if like for better or worse with all the ridiculous parts on it where every woman, literally every woman in every scene, right? Every woman in every scene. And by the way, several males. Yeah. Right. Throw themselves at him out of nowhere. Think about that no, out of I, nowhere with right, no I context. And no with you. So why? I'm just saying so there's no, you, but there's no frame any for that. sense. You're but that's the whole point. Right. It doesn't make any sense, right? So, that, but that's yeah, but that the whole doesn't, point. That doesn't mean so that, dude, we uh, are treading on, like, because we're treading on you just being a fanboy at this but point. But you're just because creating a concept. If this happened exist. in any other director's movie, we would be like, what the fuck? Like, it doesn't matter. You tell the story, you show the story. He didn't do any of that. If that's the mm -hmm. case, he didn't do that's, it. Then that's a middle school story that he I tell my students not to write. And then at the end, the character woke up and it was all just a dream. Right. Like, well, are, he, is that really what this is? But I don't think he but, ever woke up. I'm not saying that it never was a dream. see him wake up. There's, well, but that's it, Brian. Like, there's, there is nothing in this besides the ridiculousness of the events that suggests to the viewer that we are not seeing real life. Like, I'm sorry, like you're saying that, well, none of these things would ever happen. Yeah, you could say that about a thousand movies, right? But you're being told a story. Unless there is something put into the story that tells us that the perspective is skewed, all we have to go on is what the filmmaker embeds. There is no structure embedded in this film that makes us believe that we are seeing something besides what actually happens. Outside of the blue scenes. The blue scenes clearly did not actually happen. Well, it's clearly it's clear that that's his. I mean, vision. All, there of are what always th those scenes always start with him brooding. So and then coming back. I mean, if some again. of the other scenes tinged blue, then I'd be with you. I'd be like, oh, but the lighting, but the lighting did change. Sure, lighting changes times in different. Yeah. 
in different ways. Yeah. Totally. Like how we, how they let certain things. Do either of you believe, and I don't believe this at all, there was a huge thing um, several years after that people were claiming this is about the Illuminati. Can we just say that that makes no sense? My that claim at all. I'll tell you that everything is about the Illuminati. The Illuminati like, is that, like see, those guys like are not is, smart enough to be the Illuminati. That, if that, that there was some the, some kind of like uh, that was supposed to be the Illuminati no, or Freemasons or something. This was based on again, it's a story from like Italy a hundred years ago, hundred twenty years ago, where apparently like. Folks this wore happened. masks and yeah. and had crazy yeah, gangbang well, parties. That, that is the so, Venetians did that. Yeah, yeah. So no. So no. It's not because that's it's a I historical know, I, piece. So what, well, you what, know the Illuminati the... killed Stanley Kubrick because of this movie. I hope they. Did. That's what that that's what they're claiming. There's that nothing. The I hope Nicole Kidman Stanley. got him in his yeah, yeah. There's nothing in this movie other than. Yeah, like, I bet Nicole Kidman said this was her most pleasurable movie experience until she filmed the hours and realized what a feminist conversation about women's desire and the role you're of jealousy an asshole for making actually does. Brian. This is we're going to watch the hours. I can tell you this is lovely over you make here. Me, you make yeah. me watch <laughs> Eyes lovely. Wide Shut. Now we're going to watch a movie that handles this topic in an academic uh, and okay. artistically appropriate way. No. I <laughs> This, uh, yeah, I just, I, I, and I read online that, that like they, they went out of their way for like a Kodak special film and yeah, and like Kodak didn't make it anymore and they supplied him enough for free to like make the movie. I just I I wasn't in, like in the way that two thousand one is is well, it's not anywhere near like two thousand one. But even like 2001 even like the is... first scene, like out of the gate, and and I I'm sure this is what he was going for, like because he doesn't he doesn't do anything that he didn't want, right? Like. Everything we see is exactly what he wanted us to see, right? That's like you can take that to the bank with Kubrick. Like what we see is exactly what he wanted us to see. And right out of the gate, after Nicole Kidman being naked and you go back into the apartment with Tom Cruise, there is something so cheesy about the way this is filmed that I was just shocked. Like the camera following him down the hallway and like, it just looks really. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just the way it looks on on my TV. But I I was like, this looks like bad. Like when they do one of those, like we're gonna do an episode of you know Archie Bunker live tonight at eight p.m. Like it just felt like really. I don't know. It felt almost soap operish the way it was shot, and that well not not soap opera because the cameras don't really move there. But I don't know. I I just didn't. I didn't like well, that. You, I oh, thought when that, he did the shining steady cam thing where he was like, yeah, but it wasn't it. really steady to the object in motion. It like, like the shining. So in the shining, it was always steady to Danny from behind. Yes. And it didn't move from him. This was like, a, it was more like a third person shot where there was actually someone holding the, it was more like a person walking with a camera and you yes. could see movement as far as like, Perfect. How yeah, it was moved. jarring. He also did what she never, really did which is weird when you go to the christmas party at the beginning mm -hmm. which is quite odd he did those really long if you remember when we used to do this in the tv studio those really long dissolves yeah do you know what i mean like those crate like which people didn't really which i'm not quite sure what he was doing with it because it's not normal like i don't know if that was supposed to be something where especially when alice and the that Hungarian guy at the party were dancing. They did a lot of those super long 
dissolve shots. I had no idea and they, he was Hungarian. Well, he said he was Hungarian, which made no sense. I didn't really get that. That was supposed to be something. His character's name um, was the leader of a satanic cult. Like the first satanic cult. Mm. Who the hell cares? <laughs> what like what does that mean? That that he is the the, the leader of a satanic cult and he's yeah, talking like, about going up to see the bronze exhibits. Like this is the one moment where the director can establish her as anything other than a sexual object in the audience's eyes, and he has her dissolve into inebriated hysteria instead of talk to the one topic that she should be familiar with, which is art. And uh, like I, from the first 10 minutes of this film, I thought like that whatever he's trying to do, it's not, it's not working. It's not working because there's nothing in that scene that makes us think that this is other than what is actually happening. And looking at what Kubrick's actual uh, approach was with Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise in having them sleep in that bedroom. That was their the actual bedroom that they slept in while they were on set. Live in it, throw their clothes on all over the floor, put his chain like that was their hotel room, right? He talked to them about their insecurities in their relationship. That builds real relationship between characters on state on on stage on set if it was supposed to be anything other than reality then that approach doesn't make sense that approach only makes sense if we're supposed to see who they actually are as a married couple on screen i don't know maybe i i i part of my issue with kubrick films in general is that I feel his character, the actual character, and I think this was true certainly with 2001, and to some point with The Shining, is the characters themselves become secondary to him to ideas that he somehow wants to express, right. which is why I think Stephen King and he were so yeah, polar King opposite of one another. That Wendy, and I think that Wendy Torrance is the most misogynistic character he's ever seen on film. And, <laughs> and he goes, that's not the woman I wrote. And I, I feel like sometimes the issue with it is, and this is in general, like when I watch him, the characters are of less value to me than trying to figure out what he's trying to get across. Now, let's take, for example, the Sidney Pollock role, um, which is, I think, interesting in the sense that it was supposed to be Harvey Keitel. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how different it would have played with somebody like Harvey Keitel. Yeah, because I didn't think Sidney Pollack did a great, great job. No, here. but I, I, but I thought that so much of that storyline, I found, I, I guess it's the somewhat a B storyline that I found interesting was the idea of like toxic wealth and how he's the guy who does a lot of just pretty despicable things, and the answers like constantly. Well, I can just buy you, right? I'm giving you, Dr. Bill, this invitation to my Christmas party because you'll show up. And then at any moment, you're at my beck and call. So when I have a prostitute that I'm sleeping with, 
right in the middle of my Christmas party. You're just going to come up and fix this. And even when you've come to our crazy Illuminati orgy, I can just invite you over to my pool table. And he's like, I'll just give you a case of this scotch. Oh, you like the scotch? You want the scotch? Uh, you can have a case of it. And it all throughout the movie, everybody with any kind of money is literally just trying to pay for the problem. It's like Tom Tom Cruise. Uh, I need a cab ride. Here's extra money. I need a cloak. Here's extra money. Even when he went back to the prostitute's apartment, he was like, he brought her something, right? Yeah, He's yeah. like, I'm bringing you food. I'm going to pay for these, these things. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to give me my ability to remain anonymous and and by remaining anonymous i get to basically do whatever i want and i think that concept is why in the last 20 years there was a lot of recent articles written about this movie including people like christopher nolan talking about it that said they've revisited it and said like that angle of it is more intriguing for them you know, not the dream angle, not the crazy Illuminati angle, but the the angle of with people like Jeffrey Epstein and Harvey Weinstein, this idea that there were people in Hollywood going along and allowing because they had so much money, the exploitation of all these people. And maybe that's not a Kubrick intention, but maybe that's just people watching it now, seeing what's happening in the world and saying, Jesus, like. This is what's been going on. And and a lot of people don't care. Like people like Dr. Bill, he's basically told, stay out of this. We're way more wealthy than you. And we're going to do what we want. And you're basically at our beck and call. And we can live this life. Did mm. she die or not die? Does it even matter? Like, that's basically what he says. Who cares? She's a prostitute. Like that whole line. He's like, yeah. they're playing the book. Who cares if she's dead? She's a prostitute. She would have killed herself. At, like, there's just complete disdain for women. And I think it's open. And I don't think that that in my point is I don't I think that's purposeful. I think that a lot of the men in this movie are played to show utter complete lack and disdain for women and, and maybe that he, includes the director of the film because of the nudity is i'm, I'm but i'm serious the like higher way that he portrayed women in this film there is there is a difference between the message of the story that you want to tell and the way that you depict characters to your audience and that is where the audience decides who is sympathetic? Who is not? What is the author, director trying to tell me about these people? And the way that he depicted these characters told me as a woman that I am not as valuable as the men. Like, even just looking, again, looking at the way that he filmed this this film, that, like, he had Nicole Kidman film those scenes with the naval officer over the course of six days. Six days for those little... Little snippets of like sexual encounter, right? Like seconds of a sexual encounter. Like just think about that. Break that down to take like your highest paid actress and have her naked in front of the cameras for six days to get this little dream snippet of two seconds of her in the embrace of a fully clothed man. I, I'm sorry. Like I can't. I can't see this in any way as a condemnation of something other than a machine that Stanley Kubrick was a part of. Like I, I can look at it as a, a piece of 
Hollywood history in which Stanley Kubrick was a part of the problem. But I can't see this as him commenting on a problem. Yeah, I think I think the the reason. Like, if you're going to take on the idea of. Of, you know, the females in this movie and and decide that you're going to show how awful men can be. You can't at the same time allow the char- the female characters to be so shallow and and degrade it that they that the audience doesn't see like what the fallout is or that like they don't like literally the whole movie we're told not to care at all about you, them you make the audience complicit the audience becomes complicit in right and, in and he tries to do that a lot and it doesn't matter when it's something like space exploration and you're trying to like you know, talk about something in 2001 yeah. or or something as heightened and fantastical as a clockwork orange about like violence and crime. And but this, I'm sorry, this movie is a gendered movie and there's a reason that men love it. And I don't hear women. I don't know if men love it. love it, though. Oh, there are plenty of essays out there on why men love this movie. I, Brian, I'm sorry, but like, I think that that's from a position of privilege. I think that that is a result of watching this movie as a man. Uh, And I think that if you could watch it through the eyes of a woman, you would see a whole lot more problems. Maybe I, I, my point is I felt sympathy and I thought that there, all the men were not good characters in this film. And I thought that, see, I didn't, I thought that, I guess it depends on how you watch it. Who was a good good character? Well, who were the women that you sympathized with? What do you mean? I sympathize with almost every woman in this movie. Really? Because Nicole, oh, yeah. Nicole Kidman? Well, sympathy sympathy is from a place of privilege, first off. So you well, yeah, shouldn't say that. With empathy, empathy well, the, what you yes, really want, what uh, really yeah. wants is it, what, what should have sealed the deal is if he made us at all empathetic to any of the women, and he doesn't. Yeah, but that's what well, he I, can't do. And I that's don't know. Because, like, but that's Kubrick. Right, he is yeah, never. That's true. His, Empathy is not really his thing. Like, you, which is I like think you feel it. Which, if you don't. watch, <laughs> which is like basically what separates us from every other species on the planet is like the the ability to empathize. And so, like this, and this is the problem I have with all Kubrick movies. And I think this is this is the when you combine it with this such heavy material of trying to, if he was literally trying to to show uh, the feminist side of this culture and like show that the, you know, the desires of the, of the woman are just as important as the desires of the male and they are equal and one's not worse than the other. Coupling that with like his inability to tell human stories is a fucking disaster. (laughs) Cause like that, I mean, we know that like he does not care about character. He doesn't care about development. He doesn't care about, their emotions he just wants to like show you what he wants to show you and 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 kind of let you take take the what you want right now but you but am i i did not dislike or i i don't see sympathy empathy but dude Uh, the way but what it did my question is this ultimately when you watch this movie i didn't find nicole kidman unlikable 
It's not that she's unlikable, Brian. In her it's, character, it's like I didn't think she did she, anything that generated anything that was necessary. That's it. No, but so the minute so you see her, your first portrayal of her naked, your next portrayal of her peeing, then she's mom saying bye to her kid. Then we're at the party. She says, "Why are we here? This is ridiculous." And she now gets into this encounter with this man, this this silver fox. Yeah, of a but Hungarian. she's clearly frustrated by what was happening. You that, could tell in that, that, that she's clearly frustrated sure. by the fact that she's laid off and then she's dry. And again, that I doesn't think elevate her. That doesn't elevate her. So there's the moment where the director has a choice, right? Where he's using this story material and he can decide who do I want this woman to be? Oh, I'm going to make her somebody that doesn't have a job right now, who her area of expertise is art, but when asked about art has nothing to say and dissolves into drunken giggles, right? Where she just dissolves in front of this man who is like, a, a charmer more than her and and so all of a sudden her voice gets higher she becomes like a little gigglish schoolgirl. you know this woman who we were previously thinking was a woman in a position of some power like now we see that she has none and then in every scene after that she's just she's mom she's mom she's wife waiting for her husband to come home she is never shown and then in the scene where she gets high again we don't see tom cruise take a hit of the of pot right we see her take the pot and then that sounded so awkward take the pot and then i was going to take the marijuana i was going to and, and she doesn't it, like fully inhale it but she clearly <laughs> does inhale it because she gets super high off of one joint and again becomes a hysterical female and here i am after watching the movie again feeling like a hysterical female and so it just puts us right back into the cycle where women are going to say like maybe no maybe we can have our own desires maybe we can be our own people maybe we can have careers too maybe we don't always have to be dr bill hartford's wife and can be seen more than just a sexual object in a see-through shirt or a naked object or a peeing object or a naked body on a chair. Like the whole movie objectifies women, Brian, every single scene. There is never a scene where you right. think like but women are more than. And I, and I think, I think that was probably purposeful. And I just think it was a miscalculation. Like I honestly yeah. think that he just, he didn't connect the dots of like what he really needed to do in this film. Which, if you're going to do that, just tell it from her perspective and make her the main character. He could and have. Like, yeah. And God damn it, get some of the men naked. I mean, honest to God, it was ridiculous. Like, not like I well, get we couldn't show a dick, but like, <laughs> ev like the most we can get is a chest every once in a while. You've got women spread eagle on chairs prancing around in g-strings and the most we can get is tom cruise's By the way, chest can we talk about one one scene with the g-string as like a lighter note when they when they are panning around the the ritual where they have the incense and all the women are standing with their masks on wearing the g-string only there's one one woman has a g-string that's way off kilter it's like not straight at all. And I'm like, how do you shoot for 400 days yeah. and not reshoot that one? Make, make Tom yeah, Cruise well, go through the doorway 90 <laughs> times and not ask her to I'm pull like, the well, string I wonder if that sheets. is one, because where did you, did you guys stream it? Where did you get the DVD? What did you, how yeah, did yeah, you Yeah, we got it, it from iTunes, which would be the standard release. 
because they they did the thing that was in the theater, which might be weird, is they digitally altered some of the stuff um, in to put it in theaters so it wouldn't be NC seventeen. But I which believe even in the that decision, <laughs> right? Well, that's not his covered. That, no, yeah. he did. Yeah, yeah there yeah. was a penis shot, and he covered the penis shot. So that it wouldn't get an NC seventeen right. rating, so he, but to me, then that's a choice, right? To say like, well, he who do we want this audience to be? Well, we want it to be as well, much money as we can make. You can't, I guess yeah, you so. can't have he he. I, part of his contract is he had to deliver an R rated movie. He, I, there was he, a list. You know what? I read a list of he, movies he like he watched <laughs> to figure out how to do sex scenes and get an R rating. Um, and I forget what it was, but you can show as much of the women clearly, as you want to. Well, yeah, but he does it. That's yeah, that's not him though. Up, I actually think n- a choice, still a choice. It's still a choice. That's so you still wanted a choice. him to Do not let so, him off the hook for that. I'm so sorry. No, how am I not letting him? You're letting him off the, the hook. You're saying, well, that's the decision of the of the rating. It is. No, 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 if no, you're no, told, no. If you're told your movie has to be R, the studio would have cut it out. Yeah, totally. He still has a decision about how much nudity he wants to include, where he wants the camera to be, how he wants the body to be in the shot. All of those are director's choice. All of those yeah. are director's choice. And I and think so he did it purposeful because I think his intent was different than what you think. To the movie with naked bodies, then I'm sorry, you're you're setting a message right there by saying like this. is, And that's how the trailer was cut, too. It was to get folks to come and see this movie because there was a whole lot of nudity. That that was the selling point of this movie. Don't well, say it was anything else. There, like the social commentary well, for, of this movie was not the to, selling point of this for, movie. To get to get people under the NC seventeen, yeah. That I mean, we know there were people at Scranton that dressed like <laughs> Tom Cruise yeah. going to oh, yes. the party for yes. Halloween that year for Halloween. Absolutely. That year. Um, so you're trying to get eighteen year old right, men, right, boys, right. boys, man, whereas boys. like whereas like everyone else older worships at the altar of Stanley Kubrick, so they were going to see it anyway. Yeah, but like honestly, it's cheap. Yeah, I, I just cheap I, move. I, at the end of the day, I just feel like this was not him at his best. No, it was lowest oh, common it's not denominator. Him at his- yeah, this is a lowest common den- denominator. Well, I disagree with that completely. I, I, Brian, I'm sorry, but I think that if you had a vagina, you would have a completely different viewpoint of this film. Maybe I, I would, but I, know, I can't have I a know, vagina. I know so. you would. I just did you watch it with Aileen? No. I would ask you to watch it with your wife <laughs> and see okay. what she thinks about it. Well, she doesn't like. She's like Mikey from Life Zero. If she likes this. Holy shit. I want her. She don't like anything. I want her to watch it with Brian. I do. (laughs) That's fine. She barely likes Brian. Let's let's leave this alone. (laughs) Well, this might ruin it all. This This this, would not be this. This this would not be the Stanley Cooper film. Can I ask you you this question, though? Why do you think honestly, though, why do you think this movie has started to receive better reception in 2019 than it did when it came out in originally i would still ask from who <laughs> like better reception from yeah i mean that's your perception who? because you no, no, no. it's getting no no but i'm just saying like the sales of it have gone up like on streaming yeah all donald this trump stuff. was like, elected president so no that this please this how does saying, this help like, donald do you, trump no but like you can't so wait, wait the, don't get hyperbolic looking, what are you looking stay, at correlate it with though 
But like, so well, no, but that's what I mean. I'm just I'm asking, like, if, if what it has become this, if it had because I mean, I think I think everyone like, at a certain point, you know, especially in like talking about Christopher Nolan, all the all those directors worship Stanley Kubrick because they all grew up loving the way he did things like they he is he is the all star of of cinema from the 60s through the 90s right like he was the guy that you looked at and said you know this is how i want to shoot things i want to tell stories through through cinema but this film specific i don't know i could not tell you why it's gotten more because i think this like i told katie this is like looking at a time capsule of like the dinosaurs before the fucking asteroid came because i think it was way out of touch I think it's I think it's not interesting shot. I I don't think it's an interesting story. I don't think it's relevant anymore in a, in a, in a good way. Like it, and I think it's haphazard. Like it just it didn't it didn't resonate in a way that made me thoughtful. It just like it just happened and I was like I would probably feel like Katie if I was a woman. But to me like I can summer I can summon some of the vitriol that Katie has and be like, yeah, for her, I am like, this is not something that I'm interested in. And and it's just, but when I, when I look at it as, as like my own opinion, I'm just like, it's just a movie. It doesn't, there's, I don't, there are, and I scrolled through the 1999 movies. I wouldn't even put this in the, in like, I don't know. I, I yeah, had a hard time. 1999 is better movement. Well, significantly even, better. Like I, I would put this in the lower, probably the lower 5% of the movies we've done on this podcast. Huh? I just don't find it that interesting. You know, I usually tell my students that you have to, you have to look at a movie's or a story's ending, right. To, to really be able to fully grasp what the message of the story is. <laughs> I fell asleep last night for the movie. She ending. did. She fell asleep. She yeah. did. And so I went back and this watched was 2001 the ending all over today. Again. <laughs> I did. Did it. you like I, this more than I 2001? Went... No. 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 I can appreciate 2001. <laughs> I absolutely can. I cannot appreciate this. I went back and watched the ending today, and to me, that final scene of Nicole Kidman finally fully clothed. I mean, like over so turtleneck. <laughs> big wool coat was it a mock turtleneck yes. no full turtleneck and, uh, no i think down, it was a full it was glasses. a full turtleneck i mean right? now her body is completely covered finally walking through the toy store again very much in mom mode right talking to the daughter yeah. trying to navigate the truth of her relationship for the movie to end with her saying you know we can't judge our entire relationship based on one night basically saying like we need to be able to move forward from this and now we are awake right and like now we're aware now we see it and the thing that we really need to do is fuck <laughs> yeah. are yeah. you kidding me mm. like well clearly this was written by a man and i don't mean to objectify her in any way but by what the, woman? What what like by the who, end of the movie? What woman? Honestly, I was like that moment. She is way too fucking hot for Tom Cruise. Yes, I, I would agree. And, with but that. they were actually married, so it's hard to say that. They were. But but, but in he's this very rich. movie, 
she was way too hot of for course. him. Yeah, he was I such a, he was, but he was a man I thought of he power. Was, he right? wasn't yeah, really. But, I, but this I is think he was that's the point. Time, right? I, that's what By I mean. The way, I don't think he was. Let's talk. I mean, we're probably running out of time, but I like there were a few performances in this movie that I was like, that's just bad. And I'm sad that like he had 400 days to shoot and that's the performance he got. I understand Alan Cummings is like an interesting guy, but his yeah. performance in that moment didn't was so absurd to the point where he he thought yeah. like it, it, it coming on to Tom Cruise it was sort of like it, it, if that was done now it wouldn't be done that way it would be done no, much more I I don't understand with this one more so than others some of the, like every performance and even Cruise and Kidman said this like when they were talking about it's like every scene ended up being exactly the type of performance he wanted Which so for example I know but that's why I, and Nick I question it yeah but that, that was, was terrible he, you know, he's a director. He that, did um, he did Little Children. Have you ever seen Little Children, which yes. is an amazing movie with Kate Winslet? Yep. That's what he directed Great that. Great movie. Great movie. Amazing similar, movie. Similar theme. But, done very differently. But Still has out. nudity. But that scene where he is talking to Tom Cruise, the jazz club is so terrible. I know. I But that's what I mean. I don't get the sum of the... Yeah. The, like the choice, like I thought even Sydney, Kidman Sydney was, Pollock was bad. I thought, well, he he's an interesting choice. I don't, I didn't quite get that, but I don't understand. Like that sequence alone was one of those things I didn't get because clearly they were getting, he was Kubrick was getting the performance he wanted because yeah. they shot that for seven weeks, but I wasn't quite sure. Just like I wasn't quite sure. Like I've seen Nicole Kidman's an amazing actress. I didn't get the, like she was, which put me off. And that's why I like when I think about the movie, like she doesn't seem drunk. It seems like something like you or she's I would do like, to be drunk. I, do, do, that's what I mean. Right. Yeah, she's do do, do you know scene. what I mean? Like that's what, but, but clearly he didn't perceive that. And that's what I, I didn't quite get. Like, well, he was she about can to act, die. She's, no, but he wasn't though. The, I mean, that was like early. That's yeah, my point. No, so I don't you know. Can you're find, you can find twenty better Nicole Kidman performances. No, but than this but no, movie. but that's what I mean. Actually, that's what I. But don't... there were some scenes where I thought she was I, really good. I thought her monologue because I thought I seen her. I thought the high, the scene where she was high and telling the story was pretty good. I think she gave as honestly, manic as it was. It was yeah. still yeah. She, she performed her acting. Really well. I think I think her acting was some of the best acting we've seen. In terms of knowing that she had to do that many takes, he cl she clearly gave him, and Dude, you can question well, his vision. Yeah. You can question his vision, but she clearly gave him whatever performance he wanted. Like you don't do that oh, many no, takes. I don't, and, I don't blame and her. That. Yeah. No, she's, and I actually she's a thought, phenomenal actress. And I, I actually think that thought he didn't use her the way that he could have. I actually thought Tom Cruise's performance was better than I remembered it being. Yeah, I did too. He was I, just, I, was I mean, there were certain points where I was like, "That he's, he's doing a good job." The Based brooding, the brooding scenes will always bother me because well, I just hate him. that kind of he, shit. He, he, no, he no, it's not even just Tom heavily. Cruise, but like, Jared it's Maguire his brooding. It's his choice yes. to, to put Tom Cruise in a in a cab brooding, and yes. then and that then, is a choice. Yeah. And in an intercut, the yeah. thing. All right, uh, we don't have a game of the week because we're long. Okay. So let's just go Deal. into five questions. Okay, five questions. You want answers? You want answers? answers? I want the truth! What makes a man? 
Mr. Lebowski. What the fuck is the internet? I'll laugh every time. Why? Best one. All right, five questions this week. I will answer five questions. And Katie's and answering. Yes. Awesome. All right, Brian. All right, here we go. Here we go. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Christmas parties. Is that like I the am... work variety? I don't. I yeah. Take it as you wish, Brian. Hmm. Uh, I'm thumbs up. I don't really have a lot of. I, I have to say, I don't go to a lot of Christmas parties. Uh, we never really had work ones. Um, mm-hmm. but I like them. We had a Christmas party at your old house one time that was really cool, and Katie made tree ornaments for all of us okay. that we still yeah, did. that we okay. still put on our tree every Christmas yeah. and from we, Friends we did Christmas a gift Party. We did. That's, yeah, that's where Friendsgiving the, uh... was. That Friendsgiving? Yeah. Um, no, it was it was different. Christmas. It was a different event. Okay. Yeah. It was a Christmas that's event. That's where the bubblegum sweatsuit came from. Oh right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I good. know. So I would say yes. Christmas I mean, we, we did fun. pack three parties into like a month there because we yeah. did Friendsgiving. Yeah. Then we did Christmas, yes. and then yeah. we did a Lots New Year's party. That was before we had kids. Because the New Year's party, someone I remember at the New Year's party, someone put these the yeah. suit on. It's we true. got Brian yes. a a suit a yes. sweatsuit. Well, no, that's I wore it. Not the right way. That was our first year of owning the house. We were yeah. all we had parties. We wrote Philadelphia on the wall. Yeah, it's we still so there, excited. but it's drywalled it's over. <laughs> okay. Um. Would you rather have Tom Cruise's money or his good looks? His his money. Oh fuck yes. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> to be fair, I'm fairly certain he's like five two. Yeah, he I'm a fairly certain. That's I'm why Nicole's certain. too good for him. I think. Yes, she's tall. They do not she look could not at wear all any heels. Like, yeah. Oh, he's wearing lifts through yeah, that whole yeah, movie. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, he has to be. And through life I, um, when they were married, I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm yep. pretty sure that his looks have something to do with his Scientology, just hmm. like. Uh, I'm Veronica Mars, uh, Logan. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the older he gets, the more jacked he gets. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like something to do with the like volcanic uh, mm-hmm. alien mm-hmm. inhalation. Also, in spoiler alert: Logan dead. I'll take the okay. money. I'll take the Here money. Comes the Here comes Leo. Here comes Leo. Season two on New. Yes, give us Leo. If any woman could play your on-screen wife, it would be. Aileen Ooh. would answer that if she could hear Kristen Bell. Wow. Very nice. Yeah, you go and you went like a blonde. She would totally play different. my on screen. I wife was thinking too. like Zoe Deschanel could do like a good alien, I think. Like Oh, I thought it was gonna go Katie Holmes. Katie Remember Katie, Katie Holmes? Holmes? I know. Oh, so that you're was just so... going you're just going like girls that Brian has liked before. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, that's I was thinking okay, like right. someone that could pull off Aileen oh, as oh, a character. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. oh okay. Yeah, yeah, I was like just thought you were talking actress. about uh, right. actress. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, I'm uh, Brian. You, you can yeah. answer that question Katie, however you Kristen want. Bell's great. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Great choice. Yeah. I agree. And Dax Shepard. I'll take could be Dax Sean. or Kristen. Yeah, <laughs> Sean Sean Sean. perfect. <laughs> yeah, there are some similarities. There. Yeah. All right, your favorite Stanley Kubrick movie. Eyes wide shut. No, ah, I know that's a We're lie. done. We're that's done. A, that's not true. Um, hmm. Do you know what? I, one I really love that is one that a lot of people don't talk about is Passive Glory, oh, I don't uh, know which he, he was his one of his big early features. It is probably 
and actually, I think both of you would watch it and love it and would feel redeemed. It was an anti-war movie about the French generals in World War One and how they treated the troops in the trrenches. It's unbelievable. Wait, is Doctor Doctor Strange loves one of his too, right? Yes, it I is, do like which that is, movie yep, too. Do Doctor like Strange love. You would like? Oh, that. you would love Doctor Strange love. Yeah, you would. Uh, I think that was in his pinnacle. Like he did Pass the Glory, then he did Spartacus, then he did Doctor Strange Love, two thousand one. So I love they, Pass the they Glory. recently talked about spartacus on to on uh unspooled and i'm interested in that one because basically what they said is they think it's on the list while there's other kubrick movies on the list that that one they if you don't like kubrick this is the kubrick movie for you because he was it's not, not kubrick yeah. he was not he, allowed like complete reign but the great things about him still like are present yeah he yeah. they had already started filming the movie and they yeah, and he, actually they got he got it he got it because of Pass the Glory. He had cur directed Kirk Douglas, and then they were like two weeks in, and the director got fired, and they're like, "Bring Stanley Kubrick in." Hmm. So it is. It's the least Kubrick. Although he did want to get Kubrick. rid of the main, the the most famous scene in that movie. He wanted. To yes, get rid he did. Of. of course, he did because he's Stanley yeah, Kubrick. Yeah, Spartacus moment. <laughs> yes. Well, hey, every teach their own, right? Yeah. All right. Deep thoughts, Bry. What is something that Eyes Wide Shut gets right? about marriage um i think it if you look at just its base level it's arguing that in some ways marriage is difficult that you don't always know the person that you're married to but i also think that's what it got wrong about it though i i think thankfully I'm hopefully in what is many people would deemed a healthy marriage. So maybe there's a lot of marriages that aren't healthy, which might be closer to some of the shit we saw in that. I can say then, that my marriage is probably healthier prior to watching this movie. Yeah. I think, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you should look great in relation to this movie. Jim. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, Katie's it, in a well, great well, headspace. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but I, I would say this. While we can argue whether or not he did any bit of a good job on this, one of the things I found interesting is in it was this idea that someone got so like has to, in my opinion, at least be the sign of somebody who's maybe insecure in their own masculinity or their own marriage for someone's wife to say to them that I had a fantasy about someone. And if, if that derails somebody to that level where there's mm -hmm. that lack of trust, then that's a commentary maybe on that person. And I took, I took that to me is more commentary on the character of Tom Cruise than I did on who Nicole Kidman was that somebody like that is so shallow that well, someone could say something like that. I, yeah. I to me, do you know what I mean? Like that was a well. I don't to be know. Fair the way the way that she delivered it. It was there was an is, edge to is it. A I hurtful agree. way. Yes, it was. But still, I I just feel like that was, it wasn't like hey, I find other men hot and let me tell you about this guy I saw. It was I know, more like and, I would fucking leave you. Yeah, well, yeah. she and went into like a tailspin, yeah, like yeah. the whole like what if when you're and we had with no one of your female patients yeah. and you're squeezing their breasts. Yeah, we like, had no context. It got for it. super weird. It was it didn't feel like this is just an honest sharing. I don't know, but uh, my point is, why I think is the that... whiskey gone? Oh, because of <laughs> yes. eyes wide shut, man. Because of well, eyes wide shut. There you go. Um, but now, 
we are one of the only podcasts that can do something like this. I, me, Katie and Jim watch Eyes Wide Shut. But next week, we are watching The Princess Bride. How many... How many oh. podcasts can go one week, last Starfighter, one week, last uh, <laughs> Eyes Wide Shut, one week, The Princess Bride. That's what we do. Oh, my God. It's just thank, us. Thank goodness. Thank See? Goodness. Katie's happy. I, this book, by the way, this movie was all part uh, of my couple's therapy for you guys. What Stanley Kubrick did with Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise, yes. they called anti-therapy. That's yes. what I feel like this was. Yes, yeah, so this that's was what anti therapy. Trying something enough, different. News this week is that someone might try to remake this movie. Yes, we have to talk about that. Terrible idea. You know what? I do have to say, I have I have a little comparison to make though. So interestingly, I was watching season five of Downton Abbey, and there <laughs> we just is... saw the Downton Abbey movie. Oh, this I haven't weekend. seen the movie yet. Um, so there's there is a scene where Lady and Lord Grantham have a like jealous moment where. Uh -huh. Lady Grantham has Did had a flirtation. A oh, it's pretty close, Jim. Lady Grantham has a flirtation, and then the man comes into her bedroom, like just like oh. walks in and is like, "Hey, I'm here. Let's do this." And she's like, "You've got to go. You've got to go. You've got to go." Lord Grantham walks in and assaults the guy, kill just, him, like, beats him up, is going to kill him, and then the, well, like the daughter with, hears with the a stuff. sword or like a no, like, a little like six beating shooter. him up, beating Ooh, him up. A sword okay? would have been so cool, then. Though. There's yeah. like they they are awkward for like two days, right? Like and they're then, not talking. And then to each she other. says, "We need to fuck." No. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> is that how here's, they played it? Here's where it goes different, right? So we still were like obviously a hundred years ago in England, and so very much a patriarchal society. Absolutely, he's sleeping in another room by his choice. She mm. walks in and says. If you can say to me that you have never let a flirtation go too far, then you can stay here. Otherwise, I expect you back in my bedroom tonight. And yeah. she walks out of the room and he comes back to their room. And to me, I'm like, see, that's the difference, right? We're like, well, it's still a patriarchal society, but it's how you how you yeah. tell the story, yes. right? And so you get to this choose. This is going to be such a long episode. You get I think to it's choose. Okay how the character is portrayed. I, I don't love Lady Grantham, but in that moment, I was like, she's a boss, right? And, like, And something that didn't come up in our conversation is that I do feel like a lot, if, if what Kubrick was trying to get across, I feel like a lot of it is focused at folk, at, at, at what he thought was like the level of sexual consciousness at the time. Yes. And I think he was probably 20 years too late. Yes. I agree. And I think that's probably part of the problem that we have with this mm. movie is that this works really well in maybe 89, yes. 10 years earlier. Yes. Or, or yes. 69 when yeah. he started yes. developing that's what it. Right. Like, to and me, so this like, is like we're adults. When, yeah. this, when this movie comes out, we're adults. Yeah. I don't feel like this is the world that... And it's we were growing up, and in. I think it will just get worse as it goes on because ten years from now or twenty years from now, people will watch this movie and be like, "Is that what it was like in 1999?" And I'm going to be like, "Yeah, yeah according kinda, to Stanley Kubrick, it was." But yeah, but it was sort of the end of that era, but, right? Uh, like, but, yeah. right. like it does feel like like he thinks that he's telling an important story. That's the problem. But it, but it, like, yes, but like he's telling it from a seventy year old yes. white man's perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, it, like I don't know who never asked a woman. Where yeah, and that, to me, that's the biggest problem I have personally with this movie is where two thousand one. I can go back and say, what year did that come out, Brian? Sixty. 
uh, five, maybe. And I can I can say like, 64. holy shit, that came out at that time. We didn't have anything like that until Star no, Wars was yeah, shot. It certainly in wasn't anything like that. Like as far as the effects, as far as the way he handled it, and say like, holy shit, the cultural contribution of that movie is so freaking heavy. And for Eyes Wide Shut, I'm like, eh, that's oh, all. it's not on that I mean, level in any stretch. And and like, yeah, yeah. I think we need to lighten up the mood by showing our little lion dog. Yeah, Scout got spayed this week, so she has to have a cone. I have her cone on backwards, I just realized. No, it's not backwards. It is. The ear flaps are the other way. But she's our little lion dog. Well, we'll take a picture for social media. Hi. Well, I I am officially more disturbed by this conversation than I was the film, or equally. Maybe it's perfect. (laughs) Maybe this is the perfect companion to the film. I think we're finally even for Shape of Water. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> Brian you, felt you very rented the DVD from the library. I'm gonna go burn it in the backyard. No, oh, like don't burn it the... to rest. It's not. I it's a healing. It's a healing process. Do you know that there? By the way, funeral. let's let's discuss on end on a happy note. There is a massive chances are connection to this movie. Oh yeah. Do I you want to guess? What the chances are? We'll end on a light note. What is the chances are connection to this movie? And the answer is not that Nick Nightingale is wearing the Alex Finch tuxedo, which he is. Hazy light. (laughs) Yeah, well, that true. I did not like that. The soft lighting. I did not like. Well, that was purposeful. I I know. I know. But I just I didn't like it. I thought it was weird. Uh, Okay, so here it is, because you'll probably never guess it. The mask that Tom Cruise wears. Yeah is based off a mold of Ryan O'Neill's face. Philip from Chances what? Are. That's yes, it was. A, it, because um, Ryan O'Neill was the star of Barry Lyndon and they needed masks in Barry Lyndon. So they had taken molds of his face and Stanley Kubrick had it. In fact, if you do like Stanley Kubrick, there's a bunch of things here. Like the rear projection was something that he really refined for 2001 Space Odyssey. The room where Tom Cruise is with the... Uh, the man who died and his daughters there. If if you look at the wallpaper and the shape of the room and everything, it's like the room from 2001 yeah, where the, the alien, the, um, the, the lighting zoo. you said you didn't like with is the whole scene is lit by Christmas lights and yeah. that's the only light. So they actually had to overdevelop the film. Um, that's why he needed that crazy Wait, Kodak film. Uh, the whole Ziggler Christmas party. Oh, okay. And like all that in a lot of the film, they underdeveloped, he underlit. So he wanted to get like an eerie, like glow yeah. to the movie, I guess. So that's it. Um, next week though, as I said, because I know Katie and Jim love the princess bride. I purposely picked the princess bride so we could watch it next week. And I think it will be fun and enjoyable and happy. And will be a palate cleanser. Still for only this one week. female character. I know. <laughs> no, there's two. But it feels, the witches. I'm not always. I'm your it wife. Does feel refreshing yeah. in comparison. Yeah. I'm sorry. We tend to do films of the 80s, 90s, 70s. It's we'll we'll try to get some more modern films upcoming where there's actual halloween. representation I, we have to pick people. a halloween movie yeah why don't you help jim pick a halloween movie mm. katie because okay. he's gonna have free reign of this if you don't and you, you could get something really creepy mm. potentially here mm. Mm. all right all right all right bye everybody Sorry.